David Beckham with a free kick, and now gone. Goalkeeper struggling, and in by Henning Burke. And his first goal for Manchester United has doubled their lead and maybe assured victory in the first match of this Champions League campaign. Well, Beckham whips in the, the free kick, goes beyond everybody to the back post. Henning Bird, I think it just sort of hit him, dropped down nicely, and, uh, and it went. Hello and welcome to the United Podcast. We are back in our usual home. Maisie and I are sat in a lovely box at Old Trafford. The pitch is behind us. It's currently being watered. It's a relatively cold and cloudy day. That's probably enough from me. Maisie, how are you doing? I'm all good. Yeah, sat here with cotton, tranky warm. Yeah, yeah, all good. Nice. Uh, we are about to sit down and talk through a two-time former teammate of yours. Two times, yes. Um, lovely Norwegian lad, Henning. I've not seen him for two years, uh, but yeah, it'd be good to catch up with him and uh, share some memories and uh, have a little bit of a bit of crap with him. But yeah, and Helen is missing. Yes, she's not here. Uh, Helen, poor Heidi, little kid, has a to finger, mm-hmm. so uh, she's in hospital today. Fingers crossed, Heidi. Shout out. Could he, maybe that's not an appropriate expression for this. What? Fingers crossed. <laughs> so yeah, Helen's not here with us today. She's uh, looking after a little girl, Heidi, who's hurt a finger. But yes, good uh, luck, Heidi. So I'm hoping I can just sit back in this one and you and Henning will have loads of stories to share. We can talk about Blackburn, talk about United, talk about winning the treble, talk about defending, because obviously both of you played the same sort of positions. Yes, yes. Uh, Henning was brilliant. Uh, I, I always remember coming over to Blackburn, I would say about 88, 89, I think. I mean, I was just getting to the first team, so Henning came over on a trial uh, with another lad, uh, Patrick Anderson it was. But yeah, um, and then I don't think he could have got a work permit, something like that, along the lines of that. But um, great lad, great lad. Um, probably a very, very underrated player, but as a, as a teammate, exceptionally good. I suppose it's a difficult era for centre-backs at United around that time because all anybody talks about and thinks about is Yapstam. Yes, he was the number one. Then you've got um, Ronnie Henning, myself, Wes coming through, Shazy coming through a little bit as well. So yeah, it was um, it was a it was a good era for um, for centre half. Brucey and Pally had just left, um, so yeah, it was a good time for us coming in. Is he is he a chatty guy? Was he a big personality in the dressing room? Uh, yes, I, th- I think with, obviously with um, Ollie being there and uh, Ronnie being there as well. Um, the Norwegian lads but yeah the, well I, I think with any any foreign lads coming in I think out of them all probably the, the Scandinavians are the best to get on with they have the same mentality as the same drive um, so yeah great lad great lad. awesome alright should we get him on here he is Mr Henningberg Henning, welcome to the United Podcast. Thank you. How are you? What are you up to at the moment? Um, I'm good, thank you. Um, uh, relaxing. I've been working now for uh, four years on the trot as a coach manager, so it's nice to spend some time with the family, and then we'll see what uh, comes up next. So, are you gonna? Are you? Do you think you'll be looking for another job as a manager? Yeah, I think so. I, um, I'm too young to to stop, so and I like it. Uh, so we will see what happens in the summer. There's no stress. Uh, I don't need to be a coach or a manager, but I like to. So we will see. There's lots to talk about you as a manager, and I guess we're going to go roughly in order, but not not terribly. You know, we can bounce back a bit. Um, 
but I'm hoping this is a podcast where I won't have to say much because obviously you're sat here with one of your former teammates, not just from at Blackburn, but obviously here at Old Trafford too. Before he gets involved and I get to just sit back while you two share stories, do you get to Old Trafford very often? Obviously you've been in Cyprus, so it's not like you're local, but are you around much? you pay attention to United? I pay a lot of attention to United, but okay, I've been working abroad for the last four years, so I'm not uh, not here every week, but uh, you have uh, TV these days, so it's possible to follow and to see what they are doing. And of course, it's, it's a big interest. Uh, it's always has been, so... Uh, New manager? Ten Hag is is exciting, it's interesting. Uh, you, you, everybody know how Ajax is playing mm-hmm. and the, what he's achieved with them in terms of winning uh, the league there, which is maybe not the, the biggest achievement in the world, but it's, you still have to do it. It's not easy. Course, yeah. um, and then he's done fantastically in, in Europe. He's beating better teams with bigger budget, playing more like a United way of football. If he can make this football at United, and get some results at the same time, it will be a big, big success. So when was the last time you two saw each other? 99, was it? 99 reunion, was it? Reunion, yeah. correct. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was two, two years ago? Two years yeah, so before course, lockdown, yeah. wasn't it? And then heading Cyprus lockdown. So two years in Iron Apple. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's really quiet, actually. <laughs> okay, so obviously you're from Norway. Norway. We've spoken to Ollie. We've spoken to Ronnie Onsen. So we've got a, a bit of an idea of the football culture there and what life might have been like. But for you, what were your experiences? I've read that you were a Boyhood United fan. Uh, I was. Uh, my brother was a Liverpool fan, so every Saturday we were arguing. <laughs> Is he older than you? Younger, so Younger. I won every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was it like growing up in Norway? Where was you? Uh, I just outside Oslo. Um, nice, quiet place, a local place with uh, staying in the same area for ten years, mm-hmm. uh, with the same friends and people around us, and it was great playing football all the time, of course, and uh, yes, having that as the main main interest. But what was your first love of football? It's difficult to say. I think I followed the um, Norwegian. Uh, striker playing for my local team Lillestrøm uh, Tom Lund he was he was a top player uh, looking at him could go watch him every week and uh, he was that good uh, Ajax wanted him to replace uh, Johan Cruyff at the oh. time but uh, because he didn't want to fly he said no <laughs> so he, when he played for the national team he was driving his car through Europe because he didn't want to fly he didn't want to move from his area so he said no he could have been uh, top top European player, but he choose not to. Was you always a, a defender then, or was you a centre forward? Because generally, everyone, I say about ninety percent of the people we have on start the centre forward and then yeah find their way back. It's true, and as maybe it's as central midfield, most young kids are playing to get more involved in the game and yeah. to learn more and be more active. Um, I started as a right winger when I was nine, but uh, when I was 12, <laughs> I, I played central defender from being 12 years old. Okay. And it's not too many who who make a professional no. when you start as a 12-year-old as central defender, but yeah, yeah, I did. Obviously, you were a United fan. So is, is English football what you grew up watching or were you involved in watching, I guess, all European football? No, mainly English football. It's, it's been on Norwegian TV since the 70s, many... <laughs> all Leeds fans in Norway and <laughs> um, and of course United Liverpool these are the two biggest teams that people follow in, in Norway and, and we were no different and 
when I grew up, uh, Liverpool were the best team. Mm -hmm. uh, United were winning some cups, but um, that was my team. I don't know why. Maybe I saw them in the cup final when they won and then started to follow them. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a passion and and you, yeah, it's good to see and it's good to follow. So when you were 12 and you were playing centre-back, were you doing it because you loved it? Or at what point did you start thinking, this is my future, this is going to be my career, this is going to be my life, I can stop worrying so much about education or, you know, weekend jobs or whatever? I never thought, uh, maybe until when I was 17, 18, I started to think it could be not a professional, but uh, I could I could do this till I was 30, 35 years old. In Norway, it's not much money in football anyway, especially at that time. So, so I always, I never, as a coach or as a player, never thought too far ahead. I always try to enjoy what I'm doing and to be as competitive and trying to be the best I can be every day. And I was the same as a kid. When, I, when we were playing together, we were competing and we wanted to win the game. And then you didn't think too much what will happen next year or the two years after. It was, I enjoyed playing football, enjoyed playing with my friends and, and that was the main thing. What would you have done if you had made football? I went to school. Um, so I, I, um, I did some marketing, I did some economics, I did some different things uh, when I finished a normal school. So for a year and a half, I went to university. Yeah. Uh, but when I went to Blackburn, I had to stop that. So I, but. Uh, so what, I would you, what would you have been? What would you have gone into? I, don't, I honestly don't know. Huh? It's very strange because uh, from 22 years old, that was the last time, maybe 21, I finished school. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, to be honest, I, I wouldn't say I would be this or that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's difficult. So you you were at university when you signed for Blackburn and you had to stop? Yes. What were you studying? I was studying uh, economics, uh, marketing, some maths, uh, some law, different, just the general things. Um, so it was not only one, it was a, so uh, it was was good to do, had something to do, but I could not take the full uh, study, the course of a year because of my training and the team I was playing for in Norway. We were traveling, playing in the top league in Norway. So I did the first full year and then I did uh, half the year for of the study for, for one year. And then I had to go when I went to, to uh, Blackburn. We're going to get to Blackburn in a second. When you were at Lillstrom, obviously Ronnie Johnson played there. Was there a time that you were playing there together? No, no. Um, he came after me or a few years, a couple of years after me. But uh, I think he started out as a right winger in the top league in Norway. Yeah, that's what he said. He's kind of foul as well, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's more like a right wing. I remember he, mm -hmm. we played against him and the, the team he played in then, Lin, he was a right winger. And <laughs> very strange. <laughs> Is it true that Sir Alex tried to sign you when you were still a teenager and he um, wanted you to bring you to United, <clears throat> but a work permit? I was on trial at United in 1988. Um, we played the tournament with my youth team uh, in the States and America. Um, Brian King was the United scout at that time. He recommended me to, to Sir Alex, um, but I was in Norway at the time when, when we came back and United were on a preseason tour, playing my team like the, um, I just signed for another team in Norway, the top league team, and then uh, I could not play in this game. And then Ferguson invited me over to train for a week. So I trained here for a week. Uh, I could not get a work permit. Having said that, I was not good enough anyway. So it was better for me to play in that yeah, league in yeah. Norway and get experience and to develop. Otherwise, I okay, I would have been with the reserves, but I would not be the first team. Did that, did that little one-week window give you the, the bug that you thought, 
I've got a chance there. Not a chance, but it was a, a big inspiration. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, at that time, everything was not so big. Yeah. You know, it was like, not everybody was so concerned. Everybody, not everybody knew about it. If you go on trial now as a 17, 18 year old kid, everybody will know about it. Yeah, yeah. You speak to the manager and you go like this. Uh, but it was nice to meet Ferguson that time. I had two, one or two training sessions with the first team and the rest with the reserves and play the game as well. So it was a great experience. What year was that? Sorry? 88. 88. So he was in, he would have been in them squads then then? He was in there. Uh, was it Mark Hughes? Yeah, Robo. Robo, I think, was there. I'm not sure if Brian McClair was there, but I, I, I honestly don't remember all of no. them. But, um, Huge experience for you. It was, it was good. It was good. Uh, but, uh, I, I was, to be honest, for me, not getting the work permit was not the, the massive disappointment because I was happy just to play the first team football in Norway. What was the reason that you couldn't get the work permit? Because it's something I think we hear as fans of the time that oh, maybe a work permit, I think three people are waiting for a work permit. And I would imagine that not everybody fully understands that. So for the benefit of those that are listening that might think work permit again, not really sure what that means. At that time, um, you needed to have uh, international caps to, to get into, to, to be able to play in England. Um, Norway was outside of EU. Um, and uh, I think you needed five full international caps. I did not have that at that time. So I could not get in. Uh, you, you could get a special permission, but that was also too far away. And uh, when I signed for Blackburn a few years later, I got the work permit because then I started to get international teams. And uh, yeah, then it was okay. What year was you join Blackburn? 93, February 93. Would you have been there then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I played there. with Erdogan, yeah. A few times. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't sure on the, the years yeah. of the crossover points. Did you come with um, Patrick Anderson? Yeah, he came just before me. Yes. Because then Pat, I don't know. Patrick went back to Germany. That's right, yeah. To Borussia. The and then he ended up playing at Barcelona, didn't he? Yeah. Did have some moves. Obviously, you're both playing at the back, so you would have, I spent, I guess, spent a lot of time together in training. What were your impressions of each other? Uh, okay, Maisie was there and more established when I came, even though he was young, uh, but he knew the group and, you know, he he can be social. So, <laughs> uh, But uh, I came and, uh, to be honest, we were competing for the same position, yeah. more as a right back. Uh, Maisie could play central defender. I could play central defender, but we also did compete for the right back position. So in training, we were standing next to the other and, every second cross into the box and knocking the long passes in yeah. the in the corridor for uh, for Shere to run but uh, uh, it was uh, for me it was um, just getting used to the team and everybody and to be honest coming from abroad even though we, we competed for places in the team it was not like they're looking at you and we don't want you here mm. it was uh, everybody was very welcome and and even though you are competing for places you are still part of the team and everybody tried to to be good mates at the same time so it was a was a very good time for me and the group at blackburn at that time with uh, was very very good great team spirit what was it like for you because we hear people that talk about the idea of like oh someone comes in and that's fine but you're retired now so you can tell us the truth Does, is it upsetting is it worrying do you think no. are they looking to replace me is it saying I'm doing wrong no it's exactly that it's, I think in any team you need competition in, in all places obviously Henning coming in obviously from Norway I didn't know anything about Norwegian football but as soon as he started playing you knew that he was a good player a, a, a you know, top player but 
Um, at the time, yeah, you're just concentrating on what, what you have to do. And if, if Kenny picks you or Sir Alex picks you here, then you've got to make sure that you do your job and you stay in. But no, I, I think it was, um, I think we, we played more, I was more probably centre half than Henning at right back later on in my Blackburn career. But no, yeah, great player, true. great player. What about moving to England and moving, I guess you lived in Blackburn. What was that like? Yeah, it was good. Ribble Valley. The Ribble Valley. It was, yeah. uh, reminding me of Norway. <laughs> no, yeah. it was, no, but it, it was freezing cold in, in the winter with the river there and the wind sweeping through. So, um, and, and I, I remember when we came, there was no long uh, track, yeah, uh, no, no. No, no track suits, you know, you had the shorts. But, uh, and then Kenny was talking after the training and we've been working for an hour and sweating and getting cold. And he kept on talking after the training and you get blue and blue in your legs and colder and colder. And, but okay, it was, uh, you get used to it. And then obviously, Maisie, you left. I left, yeah. And then is it the following year you win the Premier League? Is, yeah. that, is that how the numbers were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Because you played every game bar two, right? Yes, yes. I was suspended one and in the sick for one game. So, but that, that was, we finished second the year before. Right, so yeah. we were close. We, we beat United at, um, over Easter at home, but we, we could not win the last few games. And then they won the league. And then the year after we won it. So it was, uh, it was two, two great seasons. And, uh, yes, it was, uh, we had a good team, very good team, good team spirit, Good coaches, good manager. It was um, it was something special. By just sheer coincidence, I watched a documentary about Blackburn's journey in those couple of years, not that long ago. It must have been so special because for the people of Blackburn to have their football team winning the Premier League, I guess a few years before would have seemed so unlikely. And I guess it meant so much to so many people. It, it must have been just a really joyous ride. And then the following season, everybody sort of left. Uh, not everybody, but uh, I think Jack Walker, the, this, uh, the owner mm -hmm. uh, who made his fortune through steel, um, wanted to give something back to the city. And he did that through the football team. And uh, there would be no success without him. He got Kenny Daglish in. Kenny Daglish got Ray Harford in. And then they start to get the players in. Uh, they got some top, top players in share and certain who paid a lot of money for them at that time. And then get some, some other players, uh, young players, some not so expensive players. So the mix was quite good. Um, the team spirit was top. And the, the way they made the team together to put in a challenge, they got promoted from the championship. First year in Premier League was fourth. Second was second. And the third, the Blackburn won it. So to, to do that... Uh, many have to contribute, but of course it starts from the top and uh, to make the foundations for this. And, and I, I, it was something special. And, and Blackburn last time they won the league was maybe in 1912, I think. So, so they are not used to this. They were more like a first division or second yeah, yeah, championship yeah. team yeah. for many, many years. And, and to, to have this is, I think, something everybody will remember. And of course, after we won the league, Kenneth Daglish went upstairs as a sports director. He, he he felt he's done enough as a as a co as a manager, and Ray Harford took over. Ray Harford was a top coach on the training pitch. He was brilliant, yeah. fantastic um, mentality and uh, knowledge, and very good atmosphere with the with the players. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's different to be a coach than to be a manager, and that transition was maybe not the easiest, especially after we had won the league, and, <laughs> and then it's always going to be more difficult the day, the year after. Uh, but that is football, and uh, yeah. 
it was not normal for Blackburn to continue to be at this level. No. How did you feel? Because you were the team that finished second to join the team that I won felt, the league. I felt great, Sam. And then the following, and, yeah. then, and then you join, and the, the team you've just left wins the league. Yeah. yeah. And the, the team that just won the league don't. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was gutted. Yeah. Did you feel like it was your fault? No. <laughs> it was a no, joke. No, 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 no. No, listen, it's one of those, isn't it? We, um, we can beat West Ham last game of the season, but it was, I think it was prior to that. Um, you know, some of the games, I think Kerry got sent off, obviously, Crystal Palace. That made that made a huge difference, um, him missing the rest of the season. Um, but no, if there was any club that I wanted to win, obviously because I spent, what, 12, 13 years of my, of my life at Blackburn as a schoolboy, as a as 12, 13-year-old, and I left at 25. So um, if there was any team that I wanted to win, it would have been Blackburn. And obviously because what Jack did for the club as well and, and for the town as well. I always wondered that because it's not that irregular that a player will move from one big club to another and the one they've left then is successful. Yeah. Is there any thought process of like, oh, maybe I should have stayed? No. No, not a chance. I, I mean, you might get one chance. You might get two chances. But certainly when you get one chance to join Manchester United, you've got to take it. How uh, how did that process work for you, Henning? Had, had the likes of Shearer already left when you decided you were going to go or was it that United came in and you thought like Maisie did I can't turn this down um, I felt it's very difficult to turn it down when United come calling uh, I was very happy at Blackburn uh, I've experienced more than I ever thought I would do as a player or with this team and with the club and so I, I could not say I was not happy there I was very happy even though we were not as good as we were in the beginning but uh, when Manchester United comes and they want you <laughs> and being the most successful team they started to win the league they started they won the double in 96 I think the year before so 96, 97 so it's, it was of course I wanted to join uh, knowing that uh, it will be a much bigger club much more competition but at the same time you will play at a higher level you will play in European competition with a chance to to do something uh, and it will be a great experience and Yes, it was. Can you remember United coming in for you then and the conversation with Kenny or? Yes, um, not with Kenny because he, he had Sorry, right, more yeah. left already then, but. Uh, Who was the manager then then? Uh, who was it? Kiddo? Uh, Kiddo, no, 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 no. January 97 was the first time United wanted me. Yeah. And then Blackburn said no. Tony Parks took over part-time after maybe after Ray Harford. Right. But the January 97, for sure, they came in and, and Blackburn said no because we want to stay in the league, we want yeah, to do yeah, well yeah. and he cannot do it now. And then Jack Walker said, okay, if they come back in the summer, if... Did you he, speak to Jack about that? Yes. Yeah. Jack Walker was great because he said, okay, if you're not happy with what we are doing here in the summer, mm -hmm. not happy with the signings we do and United still want to want you, and they still want to pay what we think is correct, mm -hmm. you can go. Yeah, that's fair play. Uh, it's fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. That's, that's what they did. And uh, then I said, okay, I want to go. And the club were happy to go and you, it was a record, wasn't it, for a, a defender? Did you feel any pressure with that? Yeah, it was a lot of money, but uh, I, I didn't think too much about it, to be honest. I, <laughs> no, no. I didn't realise at the time it was a record. Five million. It, it was very short because uh, <laughs> it's only... Uh, a few months later or a few years later, it just yeah, tripled. Yeah. And then obviously then you're reunited with Maisie. Yes, very nice. Nice to have a friend in the camp. <laughs> <laughs> did, 
Did uh, did you did I, you I show him around? Yeah, of course. I took Henning under my wing and showed him. Yeah, of course. That's what you do. Look after each other, don't you? Did you come in the year then? Ronnie came and or was he Ronnie came before. Yeah, before. The year before. So Ronnie and Ollie. Ollie, Ollie was there it, yeah. a couple of years before, a few right. years before. Was it nice having uh, other Norwegians in the squad? Yeah, it was okay. No, it, it, I've been in England for a while uh, there already, so I didn't feel I needed to to have the Norwegian to mm-hmm. to be happy. But okay, we are from the same country. Uh, we, we got along very well, yeah. all of us. So uh, it was good, but it was not just about the Norwegian. We had a good relationship with the. With what, do you, what, the what do you think there is? What do you think it is about Norwegian football, Scandinavian footballs that they are, you know, probably made to play in the Premier League? I think at the, from that time, I think uh, we did really well with the national team mm-hmm. uh, because of we had a great manager in Olsen and he, we played in a different way than other teams. Uh, they could not handle us and that's why we started to look good, started to win games and then the English managers saw that we could compete against their players, their mm-hmm. best players, and we could beat them. So they were thinking maybe they can play in Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think the character, the mentality, the discipline, the hard working. What was, do you think about the mentality though? What, what, what sort of mentality do you do you think it is to, to pre- play in the Premier League? You need to, to be resilient. You need to be strong. Mm-hmm. You need to... Obviously, the weather doesn't matter, does it, for you? No, the weather is no problem. But remember also that time, um, Premier League did not recruit players from all over the world. Mm-hmm. No South Americans, no Italians, not so yeah, much yeah. Spanish. It was more like uh, in UK. And then from the Scandinavia, you could recruit. We were cheaper than if you want to buy the same quality from England, from mm-hmm. another English club. That was also an advantage for us. Yeah. But I do think the, the mentality we had that time, I think 20 Norwegian players playing in Premier League at the same time is, is not normal from a little country like Norway. So we had a good, very, very good generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that we had the, the physicality, but also the, the mentality to compete and to be part of the group. The English was okay. Yeah. And uh, in the... <laughs> After a while, anyway. And <laughs> <laughs> um, at United, did it? Did the did the atmosphere? Did the dressing room? Did the training? Because obviously, you've just left a team that won the Premier League. Was was it significantly different in any way? The players were better. Uh, the competition for places in the team was higher. Uh, the quality when you trained, it was quicker. It was a higher level. Having said that. At Blackburn, we also had a very good culture of training. So I do felt that the players at Blackburn maybe sometimes put in more mm-hmm. in training, train harder, train longer, train more. But when United trained, the level was higher. Were there any big differences between Sir Kenny Dalglish and Sir Alex Ferguson? Yes, there are differences, different personalities, different way of working. Kenny was, uh, uh, he likes to be on the training ground. Uh, making some input. He did not run the session, but he was there. Sometimes he played, joined the games. Uh, other times he was just there watching, making some comments, making some, and, and helping with the tactical things. While Sir Alex was more like watching, observing, and letting the coaches do. And then when we did some videos, he could do it uh, and go through things. And of course, before the matches, he did everything. And I do think uh, <laughs> Sir Alex was a little bit more temperamental um, for the games and half times and, and after the games. Um, 
Kenny Daglish was um, was brilliant in the way that he was. He can come in at halftime and he he remembered everything from the first half. He can just go to the players. Why did you do that? When we told you to do this in that situation, and he was spot on every time. And uh, Ferguson was more vocal, stronger, more. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he was a little bit stronger in his way of handling the players, but both of them were top in terms of to get the best out of players, finding uh, what work with different players, and have the personality and the the power of the dressing room. And nobody tried anything. Maybe tried, maybe sometimes. <laughs> Messi tried sometimes <laughs> with with Daglish, but. He was not working, and with Ferguson, nobody tried because uh, he was the boss, and it was not possible to to change that. And uh, he, everybody knew this. You talk about him being strong with the players. Did um, did you ever receive the hairdryer? Yes, I had hair when I came to United. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first one? I am not sure if it was the first one, but uh, I remember a good one. We played West Ham away. Uh, I think I came on at halftime. Uh, then uh, Joe Cole was a young, mm-hmm. up-and-coming star, not seen too much of him, too good technically. And I made a penalty, so West Ham got the got the goal from the penalty. And then I think um, Paolo Di Canio crossed it uh, for them to score the winner. And I, I cut out the pass on the inside, and then he faked, as he always does. And then he turned and cut it back, and... And I got blamed for that as well. So, <laughs> but um, then he was a little bit angry after the game. Yes, this is true. But did you just sit there and take it? There's not a lot of things you can. There is, it's not. <laughs> There's uh, not what you can do. You you can fight it. I don't think it's the best idea. But uh, it's no no need either because you know why it's coming and you know in the context of it. So I don't think you have anything to gain by being too confron- confrontable, uh, to confront it too much at that time. So we did have a, we did speak about it the week after. Uh, and then he was right. Uh, he <laughs> said, no, no, he was more like, uh, he called me into the office and he said, listen, uh, I know what I said. And he, he explained to me why he said these things. And But he also said, eh, maybe it was also this, this and this. So he tried to, to, paper over it a little bit which was okay but um, but uh, he didn't excuse himself for what he said because this is how he is and he should never do it anyway so I think he he handled that in a good way as well do you take any of his traits into your management and coaching yourself no none (laughs) (laughs) you must have (laughs) yes of course you learn from everybody Uh, yeah but uh, okay you have to be your own personality are you a ranter as well I can do, yes, yeah. but uh, I, I cannot plan it because no. it, it, it just starts to, it can start to build up. Mm-hmm. You, you can start nice and easy. You are so upset. There is something like this and you start and then suddenly you can start yeah, to go. Yeah, and uh, I, I find that <laughs> I do it more when, when I speak English than when I, <laughs> in yeah. other languages. Then I don't know why, but. Uh, uh, do you remember your debut at Old Trafford for United? I think so, yes. It was, um, was it against Southampton. I think I came on. I think because I think uh, Egil Lassenstad played for uh, Southampton at that time. Not sure. Maisie, what was it like playing with Henning? I've said that, well, I said when I was at Blackburn, he's a great, great defender. Um, and I think because we played together at Blackburn as well, you have that understanding. And it doesn't take long to get that understanding back together. 
Um, but no, great reader of the game, um, great leader, communicator. And I think as a defender, those are probably the, the three things you need. First and foremost, you need to commu- communicate and understand each other's games. And I think playing alongside Enninger Blackburn, that was absolutely perfect for us. It was. So you leave Blackburn, a Premier League winner. You finish second, and then the following season, your first—I guess—I guess your first full season at United. You win the Premier League again. You become the first player in history to win the Premier League with two different clubs. Did you feel just like, oh, the English football is easy? No, because uh, when I came to United, I was uh, not a regular in the team. I was in and out. I didn't play as much as I would have liked to. The competition was big and. Of course, the, the, the pressure at this club was, was high. And for us to finish second the first year I came, the team won the double before I came. And then we finished second just behind Arsenal. And that was a big, big disappointment. Uh, to win the treble the year after was something different, of course. But um, I feel that at United, you have such a high, but you also had the lows when you did not play. Because it's, it's one thing is to be part of the team and to be part of the group. But when you are on the bench or when you are in the stand, you are so close to the best team, but you are still so far away. Mm. And that is a frustrating thing. So, um, but, uh, and, and also uh, competition, but I, to be, it was completely different than Blackburn because Blackburn I played more or less most of the matches uh, at United, not all the time, but I think uh, 100 games in three years is not too bad, but to be part of the team and to, to play Champions League football every year, quarterfinals every year was great. You mentioned the treble season. We should probably talk about that. What are your memories of that season? As it started, did you think, because obviously Arsenal have just won the double, did you have any inclination of what might be ahead of you? Yes, I think uh, Gary Pallister left. Yapstam came in. So that was another big central defender to come. Palace was more or less the number one choice when he played. Yapstam was the number one choice when he came. So it was up for Macy and me and, and Ronnie to, yeah. <laughs> to fight for the other ones with Wes Brown coming through as well. So uh, it was competition. Uh, but um, at United, you always start the season wanting to win the league, of course. And it's a realistic target. It's not like something completely not possible to achieve it's it's it, that is why we are here is is to win the league and uh, you knew when you you play arsenal at that time with with the quality that they had uh, it's going to be tough and we cannot wait too long before we win the matches and uh, it's a long season but uh, as a player you don't think too far ahead but you just knuckle down and and try to do everything you can but knowing that uh, there is pressure all the time you had a few injuries that season, didn't you? Is that right? So you were in and out of the team maybe a bit more than you would have liked? I did have some injuries, uh, not big ones. Uh, I had a big one towards the end of the season um, when I did my knee uh, and I missed some big games in the end. But before that, some niggles, nothing more than that. But it was more like competition for players and didn't play so much. And I was out of the team for a while, to be honest, and got back into the team in the in Jan- beginning of January before we started the... Uh, in the treble season and that coincided with with my best time at United so I'm, I'm really happy that my best at United coincided with the, with the ending of the, the, the treble that, that made it feel a little bit better for me and uh, even though I lost uh, the last few games towards the end of the season with the, with the finals yes 
obviously everybody has their own memories of that season because it's so incredible but for you which are the games that stand out and the moments that you think yeah that was really special I got to be involved in that I played uh, the Champions League uh, quarterfinal I think most people if United fans I had the save on the line and I think they remember that if they're going to remember me for anything. Um, and the away game as well, away to Inter Milan was also a good game. Ronaldo was playing, Samario was playing, good good plays you play against and able to get the results and to go through to Juventus. I got injured here playing Juventus at home, so that was not the most memorable night for me. But uh, And then I missed the rest of the season. But uh, the, the Inter Milan games were nice to look back at. Uh, yeah. What was it? Was it difficult not being part of the match day squad for those final few weeks where I guess the whole world is talking about can Manchester United win this incredible treble and being sort of in the bubble, but I guess slightly removed from it because you knew you couldn't play? Yes, it was um, difficult in the beginning, especially when you before when you find out that you will be out for three, four, five weeks. We don't know. Uh, missing all these games when when I was in the team, I was playing regularly. Uh, and and the team was in this position, so I would not have played all the games towards the end, but uh, I would have played some of them mm-hmm. and uh, some big games. So, so China, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was disappointing. But then, when you're trying to come back from the injury, you are working with that and to see because there was touch and go to see if I was able to be ready before the the, the Champions League final. I was not. But up until the last maybe week before the final, we were trying to see if it was possible. Uh, it was not possible. And then I had did, did have time during this period to, to, to think and to, to accept the situation. And to be honest, I've been quite lucky throughout my career mm-hmm. with injuries, so I cannot complain too much. What was the injury you did have? Uh, it was a knee injury. It was a ligament on the inside of the knee. It was very strange. I was just jumping up for a corner. And when I landed, I landed in a, in a bad way. And it just uh, ruptured on the inside ligament. So it was too much for me to, to continue. Obviously, we've heard people like Roy Keane talk about his uh, Champions League medal and stuff because obviously he didn't play. But for you, I imagine delighted to get your medal and <laughs> be a part of all of that because you were and you played significant games. Yes, I did feel like I played my part as well uh, because I played most of the games in the run-up to the last month uh, in the league, in the quarterfinals, first game in the semi-final here. Uh, so I did feel part of it. Uh, I wish I could be a more part of it. But um, So when when Solis came with the with the medal, of course, I would not say no, no, thank you. <laughs> I think it was your downfall that I, I eventually got into play last few games at United. But I don't think there's anything worse. I mean, missing it through injury, you can half accept through. It's just, I mean, another man's, what is it? I don't know what they're saying. Another man's misfortune is another man's game or something like that. Yeah, because I'm sure you would have played in the FA Cup final as well. I don't think I would have played both because it was only three or four days in between. But with the. Had you been fit though? No, no. If I, I may, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I think he, he liked to play me more in the Champions League than, yeah, than he, he did in he re- the league. He rested Yap for the, the, the FA Cup final, and then he came on for Ronnie. But um, yeah, because you started the FA Cup final, didn't you? And, and as a result, you were, were you thinking, I'll start the Champions League final now? Well, well um, possibly because only because Keeney and Scholes were both both suspended. And Ronnie had played midfield anyway, 
yeah. many, many times for, and, and it was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, possibly, but you know, when you get that dreaded curly finger as you go into a team meeting, like if he, I was actually rooming with Teddy that that that, that um, when he was over in, in Barcelona and he pulled a pair of us together and he just said, uh, so I'm going to start yap centre half, I'm going to start calling Yorkie up front. Well, the rest of the meeting, I didn't have a clue what was going on because I just wanted to rip the gaffer's head off. Um, but that's, you know, you got to do it for the, for the team. And, you know, as, as I said, one man's fortune is another man's gain. You know, I, I was very, very lucky to play in that. But, um, no, when you, I think when you, you don't want any player to miss any games through injury. So much as you want to have bad games in the, in your position, you'd never want or wish any injury on anybody. I suppose actually being a defender is, more difficult to to accept being on the bench because I suppose at least Teddy would have thought, well, I'll probably get on still. He thought you'd probably get done and score. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Ollie, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you can say it's luck, you can say it's fate, whatever it is. When you when you change and put those two players on, you're always, you want one chance to go to one of them. But, you know, we got two chances and went to the pair of them. So, um, no, we were very, very lucky, but just a great way to finish that season. It was. Did, and did you did you enjoy your summer and uh, like the follow-on? Did you feel happy and delighted and pleased? Yes, of course. It was uh, a big thing for for the, and and one thing is the medals and uh, in the end, but uh, the journey from from finishing second the year before and then struggling a little bit before Christmas and then starting on the run from January and then not losing, winning beating Liverpool in the cup in next, close to the end Solskjaer scoring the winner and then the semi-final with Arsenal 10 men Smeichel save a penalty Giggs ran through everybody and sc- it was something special building up and then to continue doing this all the way through and and the atmosphere and the team spirit and everybody to, it, it was it was the perfect season it was it felt like this and then of course when you when you had that games every three or four days and then you finished you can do other things and of course what do you think got us over the line that year I think uh, there are always small margins I do think that because it was so close in the league mm-hmm. you needed to keep your head on all the way through yeah. you, there was no resting periods you have to be focused you have to just focus on one game at a time and then just because every game was tight every game was difficult and we wanted to win the league mm-hmm. And, and the Colts scored the winner in the final day against Tottenham here to, to win the league. Uh, so it was not like you're winning 4 or 5 0 and it's easy. The year, the year after, we won the league with, how, I don't know how many games to go. Yeah. But this was close all the way through. And I think that is, was also important because it kept everybody sharp, ready on their toes, yeah, yeah. wanting to achieve. Do you think either of you, do you think more than playing for Manchester United, do you think being part of the team that won the treble has had maybe a bigger impact on your life? Do you think that season changed your lives? It feels better, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> it feels that you have been part of something special. Uh, we had the reunion two years ago yeah. to see Sir Alex Ferguson again in the dressing room, giving a little talk to the players. It was great. Um, and... Okay, I, I've been very fortunate because with Norway, we qualified for the World Cup in 94, 98. So we, we had this group 
and we have this camaraderie, this team spirit, and we had this together. But to, to have this extra with United, to have this top, top level winning trophies and to doing something that has not been done before, I, it's done after, I'm not no. sure. No? No, not in, not in England. No English team has done it other than United. It's, yes, and it makes it special. And, and I, I feel very privileged and lucky to be being part of this group with the manager, with the coaches, with mm -hmm. the players, top players, good personalities, yeah. good atmosphere. It, it was competitive, but there were not too many bad people in that dressing room. I don't think there's any bad players. No. Uh, not, not so much bad players. No. Bad. I think it was only Coley and York. <laughs> Sorry, Coley and, and Teddy didn't really get on. Yeah, but, but, yeah but okay, but, but they didn't no, get but, on. But, uh, you but could, on the pitch, you were fantastic. Uh, correct. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and there was no drama in the dressing room. No, nothing at all. No. No, we just never spoke. No. Speaking of records, obviously earlier I mentioned that you had become the first player in Premier League history to win the Premier League with two different clubs. Did you feel like that was a special thing and that that record would last until 2010? I didn't think about it. I did not know. Somebody told me, of course, but uh, it's a coincidence. I'm sure it will happen to other players, but normally not too many players will go from the, the biggest clubs. You don't go from Liverpool to, to United. Normally you don't go from Arsenal to Chelsea either, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they did. So uh, there were a few others who came later. It was like a, for, for years, it was like a, a question in like every quiz. Yeah, not bad. Eh? Also something that like, maybe I'm wrong and that's fine. But something that really surprised me is that you played a hundred times for Norway. Because I think players play a lot of games now and we're more used to that sort of number of caps. But there's only a handful, there's not even a handful of English players that have played a hundred games because obviously there's more friendlies and stuff now. So it feels incredible that you managed that many. Yes, uh, I, I was happy to play that many. So, okay, we had a good team as a, at the time as well. We played in in the tournaments, which you get more games. In the World Cup 94, World Cup 98, we played Euros in 2000. So so it was a good team as well. So, of course, I, I again, I'm, I'm very happy and privileged to be able to, to make all these games and to play with these players and to... And for the team, for the for Norway to have this success, it was it was maybe the the best period of Norwegian football uh, in the nineties. Uh, we have not qualified for the tournaments ever since, so it's about time now. We got uh, Haaland, mm -hmm. his son, Alfis son, yeah, <laughs> um, and um, we because we played with Haaland, uh, his his dad, Alfie, yeah, he yeah. played in yeah. ninety four World Cup and. If you can get his son to play in the World Cups, it will be good for us as mm. well because he's a top, top striker, maybe one of the best in the world. So now we, we do have a chance. We need some more players who can who can play as a team to get them there. But uh, in the 90s, it was uh, it was a great period of time, yes. And during that period, obviously, you spent three years at United and then you went on loan again back to Blackburn. How did that come about? It was more like I said, uh, when you are not playing at United as much as you would like to, it's twice as frustrating as anything else because you are so close to the best team, but you are still so far away. It's like you see the, and, and they cannot play. So so I was around 30 years old. I wanted to play. If I don't play football, I would not be happy. So um, Blackburn had been relegated to the championship. Soon as was the manager and they, they wanted to get back up again. And... Uh, so I went on loan the first year. Was this your idea or was it, did Sir Alex say, well, you know, offers are coming in for you. We're happy for you to go if you want to, or did no, you go and knock on his door? I, I went to him and said, listen, uh, because I did not play that much the, the year before. I said, 
I would like to to find somewhere else to go to make sure I can play football. And he said, uh, okay, if this is what you want to do, um, you see what is uh, alternatives. And then Blackburn loaned me for for the first year and then they signed me the year after. So the first year we got promoted back to the to the Premier League and then I went on a normal transfer. Yeah. Was it weird going back to Blackburn having left as a Premier League winner to then go into the Championship? No, because uh, when I left, we were not the Premier League winner. We were like a normal Premier League team. Mm-hmm. Knowing so many people at Blackburn and not too many players were left, to be honest, that after only three years I'd been away. But... Uh, the atmosphere, the the people within the club, they were the same, even though the manager were mm-hmm. different, but great um, spirit within the club, as always, and uh, ambitions to, to go up and to, and to play Premier League again. So for me to, to go there, it was not something I feel bad about. It was good. I was happy to go, happy to help, and happy to be part of a team who can be successful again. Did you specifically want to leave United to go to Blackburn? Or would you have, did you look at other options? I did look at other options. Uh, I had an option to go to Germany, uh, but I choose not to. Uh, I'm not sure really why, <laughs> but um, I wanted, I, it felt good to go back to Blackburn after being there for four and a half years. And then now I stayed another three years. So, and we got promoted. So that was great. And then we won the, the League Cup as well. Yep, so, you were captain, right? So you went up the steps and lifted the trophy? Yes, Gary Flickrow was the captain, the club captain, but uh, he was suspended or, or injured for the for the final. So I was the captain for the final, yes. That must have been nice. It was very nice, but uh, it was much better to win. And we had a good team. Andy Cole scored the winner. Yeah. Brad Friedel was in goal. And uh, Mark Hughes played in central midfield. You would not believe it. <laughs> Unbelievable. We did, because Gary was out and we did not have too much uh, covered in midfield and wow. Sparky plays central midfield imagine playing central defender behind him eh? <laughs> a lot to do <laughs> was, uh, was it nice because there's a few faces that you you seem to play with all the time at different clubs Was I guess not many players would have that I don't know uh, okay and they came after me mm-hmm. a few years later he also wanted to play and we were in the Premier League um, Sparky was at Blackburn when I came I think mm-hmm. or maybe he came I'm not sure if he was part of the promotion team. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're not too far away. So for players to, to move and to change clubs at that time, because Black at that time, Blackburn and Man United were not the competitors anymore. Mm. They were not on the same level. United were there. Mm-hmm. Blackburn were more like a normal Premier League team. Yeah. Uh, and then you went to Scotland to play for Rangers. Did that feel like a totally new experience? Did it feel like a, a different type of football? No, not a different type of football. It was a big club. It was more like a Manchester United uh, club in Scotland. Uh, playing in, uh, we qualified for Champions League. And then we got drawn against United in the, in the group <laughs> stages. And uh, you would never guess who scored the winner at Ibrox. Uh, Rangers against Man United. Guess. No chance. Phil Nav? Correct. How did you do that? <laughs> you play against uh, all these good players, yeah, and we're doing really well. And then Phil Neville scored the winner. Phil Neville, yeah. <laughs> Who's the manager then? Uh, McLeish. So you've only ever really went ever since you've been in England. Uh, every manager's been Scottish, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Very strange, huh? Fair, yeah. That's really I had, weird. I had, Roy, isn't it? I had yeah. Roy Hodgson for one month in the preseason, so I know. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Kenny, Fergie, Soonis. Uh, yeah, Soonis and then McLeish. That's astonishing. Yeah. Did you, I, presumably you played in some old firm derbies. No. Oh, you didn't play in any? Yeah, I did, we did, yes. Okay. Yes. But I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, all, what I was going to ask was, how how because obviously we just we just see the build up. You can't experience another another team's derby as a fan. You can just see that people care about it, but you can't know what the level's like. How did that compare to like playing Liverpool here uh, or Leeds away? No, it's 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 massive. Uh, Celtic Rangers Rangers Celtic games are something special. Uh, the atmosphere, the noise, the passion is you can feel it. Uh, it's in a very very strong way and when you have the stadiums so close and so tight and you feel that they are on top of you as well and and the noise is, is unbelievable so it's uh, it's good to be part of this it's, it's nice to to be on the pitch mm. in this this atmosphere but uh, we did not have good results against Celtic when I was at Rangers uh, they won the league and they beat us in, in when we played them as well so it was not a, a good year for Rangers in the league it was better in Champions League but okay we we uh, uh, we beat Celtic when I was with Lega, so I got to revenge there. <laughs> Turns out Rangers would be your last team. Did you did you know that when you went there? Did you think this is probably going to be my last stint in football? Yes, I knew. It was. I was on my last legs. Uh, my, I had too much injuries. My, I was spending more time in the treatment table than on the training pitch. And then when you do, you know you will not be able to play to your best level. When yeah. you, you, you think you can do this and you cannot because your body is not working. So, And you need to train more and you need to get to a higher level before you can play to your, your normal level. And that was the frustrating thing. So, so I was very comfortable. I was 34 when I finished and... It was an easy decision. At what point before you actually finished your career did you think, I'm going to go into management? I've always had football as the, my main interest and really yeah. a big, big passion and I really love everything about it. So I, I did imagine I would be involved in football in some sort of capacity, mm -hmm. but in which I did not know. Uh, okay, being the captain for, for, for Norway and, and in other clubs as well. So... Uh, I, I, I like it. Was it a natural thing for you just to go into that and to coach and badger and yes. becoming a manager? Yes. I started to do my coaching badger straight after I was finished yeah. the summer. And then I was a little bit lucky because nine months later I got offered a job in the top league in Norway. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I actually started as a head coach manager very early. And some of the players I played with, with the national team before, I was having them as well. And and, uh, but uh, for me, it was okay. It was how, did, how did you find that? I find it normal. Totally normal. You'd... I find it normal. I, I did. I, I maybe and the respect could... from the players obviously would have been yes. a big thing as well. Yes, because I've been the captain for Norway for for so many games. Mm -hmm. uh, they knew me. I knew them. I think I treated them in the in in the way they should do. Yeah. I did not start to fight with everybody, and and I respected their their positions and their quality and their their experiences so so we had a good time in my first club uh, and it was a great experience for me as a starting as, as, as a head coach manager so yeah no it's it surprisingly it went surprisingly well to be honest at um blackburn you returned again as a manager and I think before you returned... That, that did not go so well. No, <laughs> but before before you took the job, I think, did you say on Norwegian television that no serious manager 
would take the job at Blackburn yes. because of what was happening with the club. Yes. And then immediately you take the job at Blackburn. No, I think it was two months later. Oh, was okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe three months. Um, but um, ah, it was uh, difficult to say no. When, uh, Did Blackburn come to you? Uh, there were, just throw you? Uh, okay, I, I applied for the job. Yeah. But when they came and they wanted, we had the meetings and we did the interviews and, and they wanted me. What can I say? Did I say no after being there for seven and a half years yeah, yeah. and experienced everything I did. And I knew it was the biggest risk ever because of uh, issues with the owners, the history that they had, mm-hmm. what happened with Sam Allardyce when they had Steve Keane, when they got relegated from the Premier League the year before. Now they had the squad in the championship that was not a championship squad mm-hmm. to be promoted. Um, many, many issues internally. I knew it was a big, big risk, but I could not say no. I was hoping to get some time to start to change things. I came in the middle of the season and it was not not the best timing. I would say the club was probably, could have been right if it was like before. It was not like before. Um, but the timing was completely wrong. Well, they gave you less than 60 days. It was 57 days, I think? It was two, yes. I, I'm not sure I didn't count the days, the hours, <laughs> but I think it was around two, day, two months. Do you think but, uh, uh, they could have been more patient with you? Of course. It was not, uh, they, I think they had five managers that year. They just swap and changed all the time. To the end, they got close to being relegated, but stayed up in the end. And then the, I think the year after or the year, they, they got relegated back to mm. back to League One. Now yeah. they are doing much better. Now they are doing really, really well. So uh, Mulbray is doing a great job with yeah. the team there now. So, so, but at that time it was chaos inside and it was uh, not not the best place to work. And me as well, I was... I had been a head coach for, for in two different clubs in Norway for seven years, but I have not managed outside Norway, even though I played in England and I was not as experienced as I, if, as I am now. And I would probably be in a better position if it come up now than at that time. But there is no doubt to do it in the middle of the season, coming in on my own with none of my coaches with me. And then to make the change and the transition, how you wanted to do it, when you don't have the too much time to work, it was mm. not the best. Yeah, went to Liga Warsaw though, and you won the cup in the league. That must have been nice following on from Blackburn. That was very nice. Uh, it, it was the first time I had the team that could compete to win titles, uh, to be top three. We won the league, we won the cup. We, but the best thing we did with Legia was to do well in Europe. We beat uh, Celtic over two games, 6-1 but got thrown out because one of the players that was played seven minutes in the last game, he was not registered and uh, they, they went through and we had to qualify to get into Europa League. We did get to Europa League. We did win that group with Lega and play Ajax in the last 32, losing to them. But uh, at the same time, it was what we did in Europe with Lega was, uh, was something special. And then, We've always sort of touched on it at the start. In in last year, you were in Cyprus, you won the league and the Super Cup, but now you're a free agent again. Yes. So is your plan to take a little bit of time and then find something else or just sort of see what happens? Uh, We'll see see how much time it will take. (laughs) No, I I don't need to be a head coach or manager. I don't need to work, uh, but I like to. Um, I've worked now four years on the trot. When you work 
it's it's day and night is 24 hours is is a lot of work so uh, for me to have more time with my family now is is good is good for them and is good for me so i really enjoy this little break and of course i i i hope that uh, during the summer i will find something that i would like to do uh, i will not jump on anything because no, i don't know we will have to see it have to be something i feel we can do something mm-hmm. uh, something that i can work in the way that i would like to do yeah. otherwise we don't need to but uh, it would be nice to to continue because <laughs> i'm too too young to stop and i like football too much i like to work with the with the players and to have teams and to compete so we will see well i think that probably wraps us up perfectly beautiful yeah Henning thank you so much for sharing your stories with us thank you for having me cheers nice to see him again Maisie very good to see him yeah I love uh, I love catching up with the old uh, the old muckers could you imagine or did it ever happen I don't think it did but someone you played with becoming your manager uh, well I mean there's, there's been a few I've played with who've become managers but um I don't think Henning was the type of person I would have thought who would have gone into management as quickly as what he did. Um, but he did, and he, you know, wherever he's gone, he's been successful. All right, he's not managed in, in, in the Premier League or he had a little spell at Blackburn. But um, other than that, he's been very, very successful. And, um, you know, as, as he said there, he's going to take a little bit of time out with his family, which is great. But I think he's got the bug and he'll, he'll go back into it probably at the start of next season if, he, if a job comes available. So, no, I, I love Henning. He's a, he is an absolute belting lad and um, I've got all the time in the world for him. Oh, it was really, it's some of his stories, I, I found the, because we've spoken to loads of the, the treble team now. Yeah. It's really interesting to listen to him and his views on being involved in that season but having to miss the last two games. I mean, obviously he missed a few of the last games but specifically the FA Cup final yeah. and the Champions League and because it feels like that must have been really difficult but also still amazing to be involved in it well he mentions it doesn't he you know to, to be part of that squad I'm the, I'm the same I didn't contribute hardly anything that season particularly not, certainly not as much as Henning but you know injuries coming games and um, I would imagine Henning would have played in the, the FA Cup final as well um, but you know he, he was injured Yap was struggling with his Achilles I came in did a half decent job managed to get the cup final but um, I think it's I think it's really nice that the club, you know, honoured him with the medals and, and and rightly so because he was an integral part. You know, he talks about the the, the quarter final, you know, clearing out the line in Milan. You know, huge things, huge important things. Um, but yeah, he's uh, thoroughly deserves everything he gets because he's um he's a, he's a top lad and he was a a really really good centre half. Nice. It was great to talk to him. Um, right. We are almost done. We've got uh, some messages from you guys. So we'll do some of those. I've got an email from Alex Davidson. He says, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Steve Koppel pod was brilliant. It brought me right back to my childhood. I was 12 when Koppel joined Tommy Doherty's project that resurrected United and made the club relevant again. That side wiped away the soul crushing despair of the 73-74 relegation season with a fearless attacking style that made you think anything was possible. And Steve Koppel was a major driving force in that side and thus a hero. As for future guests on the pod can I suggest you have more players from that era Jimmy Nicol Martin Bucken uh, Stuart Houston don't know why I said that name weird David McCready would all make good guests what do you reckon excellent yeah uh, absolutely get them in got, got a number for any of them no but I'm sure the, um, we get you know, the Irish connection I'm sure we've got in this group <laughs> would be able to yeah. get us there yeah. Helen 
Um, and then he says, here's a suggestion out of left field. Invite Mike Summerby on the pod. He was great friends with George Best. And it'd be fascinating to hear his take on the first British football superstar. What do you think? Uh, it would be a good podcast, but um, is the other side and is a blue. Yeah, do you think this is the right podcast for that conversation? I think, I think, truthfully, I think if if we end up going down that way where we can get a couple ex-United, ex-City players talking about old rivalries, I think that'd be a great way to, to continue the podders. But right now, no blue noses. Nope, that's, that seems fair. Uh, and he finishes with, honestly, Helen, why hasn't Johnny been on the pod? There's a lot of us fans that wish he had stayed at United. If Johnny, Chris Smalling and Daley Blint were still at United, their character would have made a lot of difference. Helen's made an answer for that, so... I'm afraid we'll have to leave that one, Alex. Um, thank you so much for your messages. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. The email address is unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.